welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. The podcast where we learn all about scary horror movies from a veteran viewer, from a virgin viewer, and your opinion matters. It's George Romero's Zombie Week. Month. Well, it's week two. No, it's week three. Dang, so we've already done... Damn. So we've done Night of the Living Dead, (laughs) Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead... And then today... Return of the Night of the Living Dead. No, Land of the Dead. Today is Land of the Dead, okay. correct. Released on June 24th of 2005. Now there are... These are the four zombie movies that George Romero directed. He did two more after this. Two more after this? But they were found footage and Oh, okay. I was just curious, like, because I've heard... I don't know how many are parodies and how many are not... Of like, like I just said, like Return of the Dawn of the Night of the Living Dead or the Zombie Living Dead, if they are all part of this kind of world because it wasn't copyrighted. There was a Return of the Living Dead mm-hmm. uh, trilogy in the eighties, and it was written by the same guy, or at least helped. It was created in part with the same guy who co-wrote Night of the Living Dead. So okay. Do they have a falling out, or is it just something they just went yeah, just different pursuits? George took total control over his movies, and this guy dipped. Okay, so tell me about Land of the Dead. It, well, I mean, it's of course written and directed by George A. Romero. It got a rated R upon its release. Two thousand five, June two thousand five. What were you doing? Duh, working at Client Logic. I think. I think I was working as a supervisor in a call center. I was four, three months pregnant with my oldest son. Drinking a lot, partying every night. Yeah, three months pregnant. Working in a call center. I dropped out of college. I was happily married, living in a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, two-and-a-half-bathroom house. Yeah. Just chilling. We were partying a lot with... um, Party every day! Alcohol, and for a bit there... Uh, Valium. Ooh. But that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> so in the last week's episode, we talked about how the world is now far more zombies than humans. So is Land of the Dead just that? It's now Land of Zombies. I mean, I don't want to give away any of this story, but essentially, like, Night of the Living Dead was, oh, shit, there's zombies. Right. Dawn of the Dead was, oh, man, there's a lot of zombies, but fuck, bikers are worse. We still have a chance. Day of the Dead is, there's like 10 of us, and there's a million zombies. This is, society has started to reform itself with the knowledge okay. of, like, so there's zombies out there, man. That's just, we're going to have to deal with it. This it's is just part- the new normal. This <laughs> Let's is figure normal, something out. Which is funny, because uh, coming off a week when the president threatened to not give federal funding to states that don't open the schools back up yeah. in the middle of a pandemic... This movie's gonna be very fucking apt. Oh goodness. Okay. Uh, but let's let's cast an eye back to two thousand and five. What was going on? So Barack Obama was our president. So two thousand no no he was no not. it wasn't it was W. G-W. It was still Obama W. Obama was two thousand and eight. Uh, George W. Bush was inaugurated to his second term Ugh. officially in two thousand five. Whatever. YouTube was created and launched. Yep. <laughs> Pope John Paul II died. The only reason I know that is because my oldest 
has never not had YouTube. Yep. Like the, we for my YouTube account, I'm one of the what they call like the premier. Like I've had it since they first started because we lived away from family. So I would post pic, you know what I mean, like videos of the yeah. baby. And if you know the secret passwords, you can still find them, which is adorable. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it was also the year that four coordinated suicide bombers killed 52 people and injured 700 in London. You remember that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I do. Uh, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans yep. that year. Yep. That was, remember, George P- George Bush doesn't yeah. care about black people. He doesn't care about... Oh, Did yeah. have that Kanye back? <laughs> Not this... Not this... Insane I Kanye love, that we I love you. Left with. Can I give you a hug, Donald Trump? Uh, yeah. 60 people were killed and 150 injured in coordinated suicide bombings in Amman, Jordan. And the... Big news story of that year was not the suicide bombings. It was what? a combination of, like I said, Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. And that was the year Mr. Tom Cruise jumped on a couch. Oh, Jesus. On Oprah and was super in, in love, love with Katie Holmes. Yeah, whatever. That was 2005. That I didn't come up with anyone born that year because I couldn't. Oh, I don't even want to think about note. that. There were people born in 2005 because they're like my son's age. Yeah. And they're famous. But I, I, I a lot of YouTubers, which I find weird that I were. I imagine a lot of the Stranger Things cast. Treating, yeah. There were a lot of the Stranger Things cast that were born. Figured. But people that died that year. That's, oh, no. uh, that's a thing. Okay. Is this. All right, here we go. Tell me. I'm gonna, I don't want to guess. Just tell me. Johnny Carson. Okay. Arthur Miller. Yeah. Rosa Parks. Yeah. Shirley Chisholm. Oh, I thought that so this year. Okay, go ahead. And Richard Pryor. The only one I really, really care about is Shirley Chisholm, and that's probably the one most people don't know. I thought that's when this happened, yeah. The, Shirley yeah. Chisholm was the actual first woman to run for president on a major ticket. I'm a crazy, bleeding-heart liberal, but I will not give Hillary Clinton that title. She was not the first. It was Shirley Chisholm, and she did a damn good Hillary, job. Hillary's the first to win. A primary, um, yeah, uh, I guess that uh, makes sense. party's primary. Like, uh, a uh, party's nomination for president. Shirley Chisholm, uh, people know her. She's a very small African-American woman. I actually know she was African-American. She was a bohemian. Who was the first woman, a, a, a person of color, female, elected to House Representatives, then Congress, then she ran for a president. In my heart, she is always known because McGovern, the guy who... Is that right? McGovern was the guy who stood on the steps and ordered National Guard... You know, he was super against segregation, and he ended up being shot because of it. And uh, Shirley Chisholm went to visit him in the hospital and, like, just wanted to talk, you know, not to bring a political agenda, but just because she felt bad that what she was fighting for hurt him. Does that make sense? And just in visiting him and talking, she kind of won him over, and he became a civil rights activist after that. Like, It's funny to me that... When people actually know mm-hmm. a person of color or like have a conversation with someone different than themselves, they're suddenly like, "Oh, they're people too." Yeah, it's people that tend to live in bubbles. Like West Virginia really hates themselves some immigrants, but we don't fucking have any. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are very right. Like state, just because yeah. you have a Chinese restaurant and a Mexican restaurant doesn't mean you have an immigrant population. It means you have a Chinese restaurant and a fucking Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Does set your heart just because I love Shirley Chisholm. Uh, Johnny Carson's pretty awful. George Pryor. Richard Pryor. George Pryor. (laughs) Richard Pryor. I mean, 
All right. He did a whole lot of blow. I'm surprised he lasted that long. <laughs> he set himself on fire. Yes, he did. He melted his face. Yeah, and into the world of that, of Shirley Chisholm dying and Tom Cruise jumping on a couch, this movie came out. This movie was made because of the success of the remake of Dawn of the Dead a few years earlier. Okay. A studio was like, oh, fuck, why don't we just give George some money? What mold did that one take place in? Uh, I want to say it was in like Indianapolis Wouldn't or St. Louis. It'd be pretty damn dope if it was like Mall of America. <laughs> yeah, you have I, like I, roller coasters sure killing though. people, and <laughs> that would be cool as hell. <laughs> uh, but this movie, like we said, it was written and directed by George Romero. Okay, it stars. Are you ready for this? I guess John Leguizamo. Really? Yeah, he was kind of big in. Yeah. Okay. This is the height of uh, Leguizamo time. Yeah. From he like plays a character 05. named Cholo Demora. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know him from Romeo and Moulin Juliet. Rouge. He played. Oh. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Spawn, where he played the clown. Tuang Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. The pest. No, he wasn't in Rent. I was about to say Rent, but that wasn't him. He was in the play Rent when it ran a few times. Yeah. He's been in a lot. Uh, this movie also stars Simon Baker. As Riley Denbo. Who's that? He is the star. You ever seen the show The Mentalist on CBS? Oh, the blonde guy? Yeah, it's him. Okay, I do know it's him. It's uh, him. He wanted to do this movie because he wanted to do a horror movie, and he also wanted to work with George Romero, and he's in The Devil Wears Prada, which I know a lot of fucking people that, that was long really after me. like that movie. I've never seen it. It came after me. This movie also stars. So, I think this might be a first mm-hmm. on the podcast. What? This movie stars a hardcore crush of mine. Okay. Hardcore crush of mine. Dennis Hopper? So, yes, Dennis Hopper's in this, <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about. So if you cast your mind back to Dawn of the Dead. Okay. So Dawn of the Dead, George wrote that movie that in commercialism. Italy. He wrote it in Italy at the behest of oh, yeah, that Dario Ita- Argento. Right. Dario Argento had a... Had she's they're both still alive. Has a daughter named Asia, spelled Asia, Asia Argento, who's in this movie. And I had a massive fucking crush on her (laughs) when I was in my early twenties. Asia. Um, she plays a character named Slack. She's in a couple things, like she's in that terrible Triple X movie with Vin Diesel, and she's also in a movie called Scarlet Diva. She is the daughter of Argento. Argento, who is famous for making like Suspiria and Four Flies on Grey Velvet, which is more of a deep cut. But mm-hmm. he's a, he is like one of the two leading lights of Italian horror films. It's I've like, heard the name enough yeah, out of you and your friends. He's a biggie. Uh, <laughs> and I've already said Dennis Hopper. Yep, Dennis Hopper plays Kaufman. You know, from Easy Rider, from Blue Velvet, from Speed, from Waterworld. Yep. He's always a bad guy. You know, in Waterworld... The movie where Dennis Hopper is in charge of a roving band of pirates. Yes. Who ride jet skis because the world's covered in... In water. In water. You know their base in that movie is the fucking Exxon Valdez. No, that's funny though. Like the spill. <laughs> yeah. It's still like crashed. Well, yeah. And we'll they just... Be there. They just live the on base. it. Yeah. That's funny. I just always thought that was funny. Uh, so to round out the cast, there's Robert Joy who plays Charlie... He was in the Hills Have Eyes remake and AVP Requiem, Alien vs. Predator Requiem. And Eugene Clark, who plays Big Daddy. What about 
That name sounds familiar. Um, he's really only had bit parts and stuff. Huh. He's mostly known for this movie. A couple, we'll see if the face is familiar. A couple bits of trivia to kind of lead us out to watching this symphony of insanity here. <laughs> is that what you're this, calling? This, uh, it's, it's probably his biggest scope movie. What does like, that mean? So Night of the Living Dead takes place in a farmhouse. Dawn of the, De- Dawn of the Dead takes place in a mall. The Day of the Dead, Dead in a bunker. This yeah, the movie, bunker is, uh, it's pretty he fucking huge. But it's still a bunker. Okay, there's still This parameters. is, we're outside, it's a fucking world. Okay. <laughs> like, he had money. And a lot of the scrapped stuff he had to drop from the, the Day of the Dead script he wrote originally, he got to put into this movie. Okay. So this was kind of like the overflow of ideas from Day. So this movie takes place, like, every Romero thing except for Day. In Pittsburgh. However, <laughs> it was mostly shot in Toronto. Okay, for because of tax groups, reasons. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the external, like a lot of the city shots, they're all Pittsburgh, and it's meant to take place in Pittsburgh. But but it was shot in Toronto. Mostly in Toronto. Toronto. Okay, there is a scene with a photo booth. Okay. Where there's two zombies chained inside a photo booth. And people can take photographs with the zombies who are chained up. Those zombies are Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Really? (laughs) Because George... 2005. George was a huge fan of Shaun of the Dead. Cool. And even went out, like, whenever he was talking about this movie and what it would be as he was making it, he would say in interviews... The best zombie movie is Shaun of the Dead. Of the past, like, 20 years. So he had Edgar Wright. And he really, like amped it up and made and helped it get more recognition so more people saw it and that's what got a theatrical release in america so he gave them a cameo so not only that he invited both of them to the set to just hang out and then put them in the movie as little bit parts as zombies and you can watch you totally tell it's there's a special feature you can there's a special feature and they're both like children who are beating santa claus when they meet george amaro and he's so like just nice and they're like, holy fuck, it's George Romero. We're about to be George Romero. And it's the sweetest thing ever. Um, we'll be watching that. <laughs> it just makes it makes my heart happy. This is the most expensive Romero zombie film. It was a $15 million budget. Damn. And it made $47 million. Which didn't set the world on fire. But that's not, not, a, bad, not that's a loss. A, yeah, that's something to... That's our chum change. Do you have a poster for me? I do. Indeed, I do. Okay, is this the segment of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the film and I try to discern meaning? I've seen these movies. All right, so it's grayy green, black and red. The legendary filmmaker brings you his ultimate zombie masterpiece. False, but it's still a good movie. Okay. (laughs) I think it's going to be just a continuation of how they're going to live with zombies in their world. Rather than trying to beat them, how to just live with them. Maybe they'll take some of the stuff from Day of the Dead where, like, the scientist was... You know what I mean? Like, where he was trying to tame them. I think they're going to find his field notes and try to replicate what he did. That's what I think. Well, let's find out. I'm actually going into this series, into this month. This is the movie that I was the most excited to go back and watch. Okay. Because I've honestly not watched this since I saw it in theaters. Really? Like, I've, I've caught bits here and there. You know, like, it'll, it'll catch, like, five or ten minutes on, like, TV or whatever when it when it's on, which is rare. 
but I've not sat through and watched this movie through from beginning to end since I saw it in the theater. Okay. Oh. So this is the one I was like, I mean, I've seen, fuck, I've seen Dawn of the Dead a million times. Is this one as easy to find as the others? I bet they didn't make the copyright error on this one. <laughs> well, uh, so they're owned by different companies, which is what's caused the insanity. So like we talked with, Night of the Living Dead has a Criterion Blu-ray. Dawn of the Dead has no current release. Second Sight's doing that gigantic set for Dawn, but you can find it on YouTube for free. Um, That's where we watched it the second time. Yeah. Day and this movie, Land, both have Blu-rays from Scream Factory. Okay. So I have that. I picked it up specifically for this month so we could watch it. I I mean, I checked out the special features. That's how I found the uh, thing with Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, but I've not actually watched the movie. I figured I'd wait and watch it again. Ooh, I feel special. All right, well, let's go watch this thing then. Let's go... Let's go do this damn thing. (laughs) Mind the doors. The world as we know it. They must be destroyed. Is no more. Cities are under siege. The land of the living has become. Feeding up human flesh. The land of the dead. If these creatures ever develop the power to think, to reason. We're all dead. In one last outpost. It was my ingenuity that took an old world and made it into something new. We have survived. Rivers protect us on two sides. I put up the fences to make it safe. And these fences go all the way across? Both ways. But if the living can adapt. Things are changing. These guys are not just walking. So can the dead. It's like they're pretending to be alive. Mindless walking corpses. They'll never get across the river. They're moving toward the city. There's nothing there, man. They're communicating, they're thinking. Back to see if we can help. Trouble. In a world where the dead are returning to life, the word trouble loses much of its meaning. We're running out of time. George A. Romero's Land of the Dead. Zombies, man. They creep me out. Welcome back as we wrap up George Romero Month with Land of the Dead. What did you, everybody think? What do you guys think? Uh, this one was I much more... <laughs> the effects were very different. I mean, especially because this whole month we've watched, you know, from the very beginning in the 60s to, what was it, 2005? This you're, isn't one of my... Fi- you're correct, 2005. Yay! Okay, we'll get to... I don't want to give my opinion because I want to save that for the end when we rank them. For where this one lands in my list. I get a feeling this is going to fall in the same spot on both our lists. We'll see. Hmm. Okay, so this movie is... uh, Let me try and wrap it up. Or, you know, sum it up as quick as I can. So this movie, if uh, the movies have been the slow progression of the zombies taking over, 
the zombies are now just living. They're, they are the population. And the humans that have survived are living in like this walled off city, Pittsburgh. But even in that walled off city, there's still like the haves and the have nots. And there's like a big plaza, Trump Tower like place where they're all protected and they're surrounded on three sides by water and then they have stuff trucked in by the poorer folk who kind of live on the streets and in like what what's left of Pittsburgh and they're the ones who kind of scavenge for stuff and give the best to this group and of course much like Mask of the Red Death like you can't keep the disease out you know what I mean and of course the zombies go in Mask of the Red Death reference yeah and the and the zombies come in Boom. Nailed it. Uh, IMDb has it as the living dead have taken over the world and the last humans live in a walled city to protect themselves as they come to grips with the situation. But they don't mention at all. Like the main dish of this movie is the rich versus the poor. You know? Oh, we're going to talk (laughs) at length about that a little bit. So, but what did you think about this movie? Just as a movie, what did you think? It was okay. I mean, there were... Dennis, Dennis Hopper's character was a little over the top, but I mean, that's, I guess, his modus operandi. Uh, like, if you want big, you call Dennis Hopper. <laughs> what? If you want big. Yeah, you call Dennis, you call Dennis, Dennis Hopper. Like, it was, he was very huge. Especially post uh, Dennis Hopper. Oh, I mean, I liked the storyline, and I liked, like, there, there were pieces of it that were really good and interesting, but I don't, I didn't really like it overall. Does that make sense? Kind of. My complaint, and our, the thing I remember, because like I think I said at the beginning of the episode, I haven't seen this since I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that held up that I really liked. So there were times when I was like, man, this movie's better than I remembered it. And then other times I'm like, yeah. I don't like the digital effects in this movie. I'm not a big digital effects person. Yeah. Like it, digital blood and digital like a lot you of like the effects. Like the, a lot of the effects of like Stuffs. bullet squibs and stuff done <laughs> digitally. I just, they don't quite look right, especially not from this period of time. Right. Especially when you could still make it practical. Yeah. For in a relatively I'm sure cheap. it was a thing where they said, hey, um, you have to do X, Y, and Z to get this movie made and concessions were made and he had to do some stuff digitally because it was easier and probably quicker in the long run because you would have set and reset all of those gags over and over again to reshoot. You could just do it and then put it in digitally later. But some of the effects are a little... They're a little iffy. Janky. Um, What's my takeaway from this movie? My takeaway from this movie is uh, capitalism equals bad. (laughs) <laughs> just take away from just period whole fucking life yeah that's been our lives but that's what this movie is about the movie is about you know we know by history that there's always going to be humans who want to have a class divide and who take advantage of that and that's what this is and it ultimately dooms them whereas the working ones the scavengers the ones who are just they don't care about the zombies they just or trying to stay alive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are the ones who are kind of the heroes at the end. Well, I, I feel like if we're walking through the progression, Night was kind of about race mm-hmm. and race relations of the time. Yeah. Ultimately by accident, yeah. but yes. Uh, but that, that kind of set these Retroactively. movies on the path of being like about something. Yeah, of him so knowing that he had a voice and to use it for yeah, something. Dung becomes about like 
consumerism mm-hmm. and just me, 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 me. Days about the military industrial complex and how we're kind of our own worst enemy. Like, yeah. if you leave us alone, we will attack one another. It cannot be said again. Like, I want to get a tattoo put on all Americans. Like, Rome, like, they were never attacked. Rome killed themselves. Well, what was it Mark Twain said? <laughs> like, it, it comes from the inside, guys. Yeah, Mark Twain said God invented war so Americans would travel. Yep, uh, <laughs> actually. But uh, yeah. I think land, land of the Dead is about, it's about social classes, it's about social warfare, and it's about our, looking at our society and how it's shaken out post 9-11. Because there's a lot of 9-11 stuff in this movie for yeah. me. I feel like 9-11 has come up quite a few times. Well, this, podcast, so if this was 2005, but, I mean, it's only, if it was probably put in 2004 written 2003 i mean that we're still within a handful of years of what happened yeah i mean it, you, you look this movie's about as far as social class there's rigid mobility kind of like there is in our society now as mm-hmm. much as people say oh there's the american dream john Leguizamo's character cholo he can't get into fiddler's green he has the money he's done the dirt he's disposed of all these bodies for dennis hopper he steals alcohol and liquor out on raids right. and cigars, and he basically has positioned himself where he has all the money he needs mm-hmm. to buy his way into this giant tower called Fiddler's Green. It's the only but, place yeah. in Pittsburgh that has like everything clean running water. It has like everything's right there. Everything's it's like a it's, shopping plaza. Right. There's air conditioning. It's there's temperature electricity. Right. It's it where all the have... rich people live. Yeah, and. Even after he's done all of these things for Dennis Hopper, and he's like, I got the money. I want in. Hopper's like, nah, nah. Not your kind. There's, there's like a wait list. Hashtag you're not white. Right. So it kind of also goes back to race. Mm-hmm. But as much as he wants to climb out of that social, like where his position mm-hmm. into a higher one, he's denied. Even though he has everything he needs all the money, everything is... He's checked all the boxes. He's not allowed to move up in the world. I think it's interesting that George Romero has gone on record as saying, you know, even in 2005, the man who plays the head zombie... What do, they, what do we call him? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. He wanted that man to be the lead. Well, no, no, no. Right? No, 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 no. Or he, he, he just wanted a The Riley color. Denbo character. The, the John Leguizamo's. No, 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 no. Uh, Simon Baker's character. Okay. Well, he, he wanted, wanted him to be a black, to be a black guy. And in 2005, they were like, no, no. And so that's why the focus of this movie is kind of the black guy's the hero, the zombie. What happens with John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper happens in the first 30 minutes where he, well, I want in, no. And like you kind of see, like, okay, this is how this is set up. Yeah. So he drives that prejudice thing home. The, hard. Zombie, the zombie plot is totally separate from the mm-hmm. main plot of the movie. Like, this movie could exist without zombies. This is the one Romero movie that exists almost entirely without outside them. of the plot of this movie, really comes down to John Linguizamo wants in to this place called Fiddler's Green. Right. He's denied, so he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to go steal your big weapon, and then I'm going to shoot the city with it unless you pay me the money I want. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, like, you're killing each other over money, which is essentially which is, worthless in the apocalypse. Right. But, again... Like, they're on a barter system. Why do you care about money? Money's only worth the... The paper it's printed on. Well, I was going to say, it's only worth the faith that people put into it. So, they may reestablish currency. That may be something that counts there. 
But mm-hmm. still, like, how far are you going to, like, everything outside of Pittsburgh is they even the talk about They haven't talked to any other cities or anyone in a long Years. time. Like, yeah. they might be the last people. We don't know. So they're killing each other over something that he's going to go exactly. off and spend. I mean, and, and do what with it. Yeah. It's because, uh, I think Romero was pointing out, we do this all the time. We mm-hmm. kill ourselves it's a cycle. for money. That is nothing. That is essentially worthless. Yeah. Right? Like, beyond paying for our basic necessities, I mean... I know. I know. But I just wanted to talk about the 9-11 thing. Okay. Um, to me, the idea of the beginning of this movie, it opens in, uh, like, Johnstown? Yeah. Is it Johnstown, Pennsylvania? It is. And you've got all these zombies, and they're just doing their shit. They're doing their what they used to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like Big Daddy comes out, like and every we time someone in... hits the bell, he walks out. Right. And like, like we learned in Dawn of the Dead, they're just going through what they're used to. Mm-hmm. And then goes back inside, and someone rings the bell, he comes out. And my favorite is like the band that's in the gazebo. Yes, still playing. So you've got, and they're kind of just like living their little zombie lives. And then this band with like a tank and automatic weapons yep. rolls into town, much like we were doing in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yep. And just decimates these zombies. At times for fun. Yep. Now I get it. There are zombies that attack them and they kill those, but they, they but just no shoot long... zombies. Yeah, for fun they're as not. They pass. Yeah, they're not scat like trying to scavenger for stuff and shooting the zombies that are attacking them or that they encounter. They're just kind of joyriding. Like it's like they're not killing the deer for the meat. They're just yeah. shooting it and blowing them up to see them die. And hot controversial take here. By mm-hmm. 2005, we had started to get stories out of Iraq and Afghanistan of soldiers doing similar shit to this. Yeah. Of just, you know, oh, so... Killing willy-nilly. Yeah. I mean, I knew a guy that was in Iraq, and he said that they would tell you if you were in one of the convoy trucks, if anyone stepped into the street while you were passing, even if it was a child, you shot him. Mm-hmm. Boom. I know someone who was stabbed pretty severely just going from checkpoint to checkpoint. Yeah. It was not good there. I mean, it's still not, but it's of our own yeah. doing. So that's, that's kind of where I got my 9-11 thing, because they're doing it on the behest of rich people. And the fact that Hopper based his character off Donald Rumsfeld was very telling. And that the people don't want to give up any of their luxuries. Like, it's not as though they're just... At, they're not scavengering for their needs. They're like, oh, champagne and cigars and fancy, like, mm-hmm. still wanting all these and luxuries. I think there's two types of people that we see in the group that go out and retrieve things. There are people like Riley, who's the main, essentially he wa- the main And his goal is, he doesn't want to live in, like, he just wants to go out and live in the wilderness, like, go off the grid. Well, he wants to go to Canada. Well, yeah. But he, when he gets thing. out scavenging, <laughs> <laughs> right? When he gets out scavenging, he brings back medicine and stuff for like his friend who is that preacher oh, and yeah. for his child and he's really big into like helping people mm-hmm. so that's it seems like that's one side of the people that go out and scavenge they're like we're trying to like help our people back in Pittsburgh right and then the flip side of that coin are is people John like Lewisamo who were like this is a stepping stone and <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna use the stepping stone to climb up to where I get to live in that tower I get champagne. People work for me. Yeah. And I don't have to fucking worry about it. And for, honestly, I mean, that is human, right? Like, both are, for the most part, not noble pursuits. But you you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, you can't fault Leguizamo. Like, I get that. Wanting to 
not have to live in squalor when you're seeing, especially working for Dennis Hopper, like you're seeing how they're living. Like, I get that. And, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world yeah. or a human-eat-human world in this case. Like, and might as well, the only person you can rely on is yourself. I don't think that Romero or the movie really throws a lot of rocks at Leguizamo's character for the actions he does. You know, they're kind of like, even when Simon Baker's character catches up to him, he's like, man, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. Like, yeah. I mean, we're friends, but you can't, yeah, you, you need you to can't shell off. the city because it's going to... Yeah, it's gonna you kill can't a lot step of people on that aren't the people you're trying to kill, and then like legal zombie gets turned into a zombie, and he's there. He helps By take choice. out. Well, he gets bit, and then he decides like, see how they live. Yeah. So he goes back to the city, and he starts attacking Dennis Hopper and Big Daddy. Sets them both on fire because <laughs> gasoline. That's all he knows, he knows how to, how to use gas. That's all he knows. And that's another thing. Like Big Daddy's character is a zombie who is. Like Bub learning how to use tools, but is oh, yeah. teaching other people how to use tools. Like so he discovers how to use solving. a gun. He discovers how to use um, a jackhammer, doesn't he, at one point? Yeah. Like he picks it up and it's like, oh, and it's, it's well done. But again, to go back to the 9-11 thing and like the Iraq-Afghanistan thing, he is a peaceful person. Yep. A la like a lot of these terrorists who they come into his town, they shoot a bunch of people. And then he figures out he's a gun, and he's like, you know what? Let's go get them. And he leads an army, based on that raid, to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Literally. That's how we learned that zombies can uh, survive underwater. Or at least that's how I learned. Yeah. They just walk. I would think they would float. So the scene where they jump in the water and then yeah. they come out, that Romero lifted that shot of all them coming up out of the water like that yeah. from a movie called Carnival of Souls, which is weirdly a gigantic influence on him and David Lynch. Oh. I love that movie, too. It's really good. Explains how you like both. Um, okay. Before we move on, I want to talk about one last thing, because I think it plays into what you were saying earlier. What's that? About the whole race thing. So Romero wanted, like we said, a black lead playing Riley. And this would have pitted a black man, uh, a woman, and a disabled person. Oh, I'm sorry. It would have pitted a Hispanic person, a black person, a woman and a disabled person against the white power that is Dennis Hopper in that tower. Okay, so what's the problem? I mean, but you see, I, yeah, I, I mean get that. It. Like, so we got, we got, we would have had a black lead. We would have had a disabled lead and, uh, with his partner with a burned up face. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we had Asia Argento as a woman, but we had John Leguizamo as a spank person, and they would have been taking down a tower of white people. But even in two thousand five, <laughs> we're not ready for that. Yeah, it, it, it's the white power structure, and it's personified by Dennis Hopper. And, and Dennis Hopper's whole goal is making sure the status quo exists. Yes, right, and, and that he's on top of it, making sure he's at the he's at the top of the pyramid. Well, because that's all he has. Before that's all he has. What does he have other than money? He doesn't have like even his col- uh, I guess I would say colleagues, people who work for him. Maybe um, they don't like him. What else does he have? He has to remain the rich guy on top because otherwise he's got nothing. Mm-hmm. And just, I would like to point out that he, he being the pinnacle, he being like the personification of the old guard, the white power structure in this movie, is killed by a black man and a Hispanic man. Yes, he is. Yeah. That's how that is taken down. That's a powerful, quiet statement, isn't it? This movie also has the mostly middle class... Uh, take off for Canada, right? 
they disembark at the end, like all of Riley's oh, people right. are like, we're off to Canada. Yeah. Why that, Canada? Is think, it because they successfully predicted that should a pandemic ever occur, Canada will get their shit together, and that's where we should all go because America fucked it up? Apparently, is that what that was? All other uh, first world nations will have gotten their shit together. I think it, it's telling at the end of this movie that the middle class characters, right, the soldier you, people or whatever, are like, let's go off to Canada. Would you call them the middle class? I think I would call the, them the. Uh, comparatively, I hate saying low class. Co- okay, comparatively, they're doing a lot better than the people that are living in the streets. Okay. And that's who takes over Pittsburgh, right? Right. His friend, the preacher, is like, hey, we've got all these, you know, resources. Like, we've got all these the buildings people, now. The, the essential, like, poor and homeless people take over the city. I think it's interesting that rather than staying there and helping them rebuild, they this leave. middle class is like we're gonna Dips. go off to whatever and that to me yeah. is a bit privileged and i think romero also did that romero hit a point in this country he yeah, was he like dipped. i'm just gonna move to canada because i don't like the way this is going he and i mean yeah which mm. makes sense because you're facing like an impossible gigantic structure like the united states and all of its like the military industrial complex and the way bureaucracy runs but if it all collapses, classism that nobody talks like, about. The whole thing collapses around you, right? And it's you and like a hundred other people. You have the chance to rebuild, and instead you decide, mm, I'm, I'm going to go. I I choose the unknown rather than staying and helping people rebuild. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. And, and I just found at the end of this movie. Damn, that's profound, Boo. Finally, the end of this movie to be odd, where I don't really root. For the characters that leave, I'm like, mm, it's kind of fucked up. Now that you say that, yeah, for sure. I didn't. I never thought about that. They take they take all the weapons, right? They take <laughs> that big true. tank. They, do do that. they take all the experience with like their military knowledge, yeah, and, and they're they like, leave. we're out to the unknown. That's fucked up. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh and wow. They're left by both sides <laughs> because the zombies led by Big Daddy also leave. Like, right. Our point has been made, and we're now leaving. And. Yeah. Or maybe what Romero was trying to say was to have the society that we need, we can't have those people who have that fighting knowledge, who that's their first... They need to go away. Like We need to start from scratch. Yeah. Either way, I mean, both... They're different statements, but they're both... Wow, they're pretty important. I I don't know which one he was going with there. It's a real detailed question, too, so I don't know if we'll ever really know now that he's passed. So let's talk about the Arkov formula, based on Samuel Z. Arkov, a famous creator of exploitation films, and see if this matches up. A, action. Yep, right off the get-go. This is probably the most action-y of all Agreed. of the films. Yeah. Kicks There's right like off with... Uh, convoy murders mm-hmm. and machine guns. What's the name of that? Yeah. Dead, uh, what, Be- dead Right? Dead Right? I'd rather be on Dead I don't remember. Uh, revolutionary? I don't know. What do you think? Like, I, I equated it to the Mask of the Red Death and to Shivers, like this idea of isolating themselves and trying to win against... I would say that this is the least revolutionary of the four films, but still, I don't think I'd give him the point for it, but I think I would tip my hat because in four zombie films, he has managed to almost reinvent the wheel. Okay. Every single time, even though the wheel is still so not a, wheel, a point, right? It's still but a, a wheel, but, but the tip of the hat. Okay, he still managed to like do something completely different and tell a story you didn't expect in each film. That's fair. 
Okay. Killing, yes, tons. <laughs> Different ways, all kinds of stuff. Oratories. Are there any memorable lines that are, this movie is real famous for? There's some scenes, but I don't remember lines, really, do you? There's some lines I like in this movie. Yeah. Now, does it, will it get a point or just a tip of the hat? Mostly Hopper. <laughs> of course, Dennis Hopper. Uh, what is it? I like the line where someone someone says something like, you know, is it, are we in trouble? And he's like, in a world where people have come back to life and they're eating each other, the world trouble. This is a lot of its meaning. Okay. So oratory will say yes. Uh, fantasy and fornication. There's no real fornication. That's not really the point of these movies. I think this movie. I don't think there's a lot of space for fornication in a post-apocalyptic world. And this is just me. Unless you're the Matrix. What? I think this comes the closest to hitting the fornication button. With? Because I don't think fornication is just like there are people having sex. I think it's also sex appeal. Okay. And let me tell you, <laughs> circa 2005, Josh went into this movie and hard loved Ozzy Argento through the whole thing. All right. Okay. Um, and she's, she's, she holds her own. She's a pretty actress in this. So, she's also pretty easy on the eyes, if I do say so much. <laughs> so this one kind of lines up with Arkov more so than the other ones, I think. No, I guess probably right along with them. Do we have any trivia other than that... Uh, we've already talked about other than that which we have already spoken of sir um just a couple things with her up to you so this movie was partly based on the ideas cut from his day of the dead script which was what he called the gone with the wind of zombie movies so it was probably super long like, and dramatic and like five different plot lines well and... i think we talked about it last week about the you know there's scientists living above ground oh. with like a zombie army yeah, yeah. and then you know all that stuff it was gonna be insane uh, so he pilfered a couple ideas he didn't use for this movie. And the non-union zombies, because there were union and non-union zombies. <laughs> okay. Non-union zombies were given $9 an hour Canadian, while union zombies got $158 Canadian for an eight-hour day. Damn. Wait. Hmm. As opposed to, huh. what was it, with Dawn of the Dead, they got uh, oh, like a, a dollar, a donut, and a t-shirt. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like a, It was like a radio promotion. They had real money for this movie. Romero wanted to shoot in Pittsburgh, but producers insisted on Toronto to take advantage of tax credits. Yeah, so we've Toronto talked about that a lot. Filled in yet again for an American city, and they yep. used, they did some shooting in Pittsburgh, but it was mostly for exterior. They don't get any like, credit for it. Yeah. Wide stuff. We talked about Dennis Hopper basing his performance on Don Rumsfeld. Romero joked that Hopper's cigar budget was larger than the budget for Night of the Living Dead. That makes sense. He was like, we spent more money on his cigars. That checks. We did for the entire shoot of Night of the Living Dead. Fiddler's Green, we talked about that a lot, right? The big mm-hmm. tower that's got all the power and the water and everything. Yeah. So Fiddler's where the Green live. is actually a song about where cavalrymen go when they die. It's a it's an old like a hymn. It's an English song, okay. like a ballad sang about like the military. It, it's Are you gonna a, sing for us, Josh? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. But it talks about where cavalrymen go when they die, which is it's located halfway down the trail to hell. And at the and at the end of the song, it advocates suicide by pistol when death is certain, Damn. and the hostiles are closing in. It's also known as the fictional place where pirates go to rest upon their death. And I think this is what Romero meant Damn. when he thought about like pirates being people like yep um, taking advantage pirates. and plundering and yeah yeah for sure. So I think that's the importance of the interesting. Fact that I like Hopper that. has rested in Fiddler's Green. 
after monetizing and taking over mm-hmm. the city and running it with an iron and running it yeah so into the ground you know, that connects back to what we're talking about at first and lastly lastly some cameos in this movie i'd like to point out so edgar wright and, Sh- and Silent oh, Peg yeah, yeah. were the photo booth zombies that was awesome they are not recognizable it is super cool though it's uh, a really interesting way to get them uh, i think a cameo I think, and I could be mistaken, I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure Simon Pegg is wearing the same outfit he wore as Sean. In uh, Sean of the Dead? Yeah, with like the white shirt and with the like red the tie. red. Okay. Um, Tom Savini's Blades, his biker zombie from oh, Dawn of yeah. the Dead comes back. He's now a, a zombie wiling out. Yep. Uh, there's a puppet show, and there's a puppet that says, Punch it's very punch and Judy. Yeah. That's George Romero's voice. Oh. And Bub from Day of the Dead is in the liquor store. That's him. They dressed the zombie up as him. Uh, I think it was more of a is more of more a, tip like of a hat than it was like supposed to be like a plot point. Gotcha. But still, that's kind of fun. Okay, it's the end of the month. Let's rank these. <laughs> okay. Number one for me. Say it with me. Dawn of the Dead. Loved that movie. It was fabulous. I'm probably gonna watch it again. I would go. Dawn I love is a my good, stupid mall grocery store movie. I feel like we might 100% agree on this month. Number two, the original. Night of the Living Dead. Dead. Yep. Because (laughs) it's revolutionary. It's super cool, but I mean, it's Dawn of the Dead. I think Night of the Living Dead is the better film. I think if you stack them and you said which is more important, which one should people study. But when we're talking about... I just prefer Dawn because it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then I think I would put this one, Land of the Dead. And then I think I would put Day of the Dead last. No, I like a good Winnebago. Dang it. Yes, I think I'm going to go with that. Okay. So it's dawn, night, land, land, day. Day. That's me. Okay, if I was going to go in order, I would go, I'll go your route. I'll go one through four. Yeah. I'll go probably dawn and then night are very close. Mm -hmm. And then just off in that third spot, I would say day. And the thing is, in, in a year or two, Day might actually overtake one of them. Really? The more I watch Day, the more I'm like, I fucking really like this movie oh, a lot. Okay. Like, I really love Day of the Dead. And my every time I watch it, my heart grows five times. <laughs> like the Grinch. But I think it's interesting that in Day, Pittsburgh stood in for Florida. Mm-hmm. And then in Land, which is my number Ontario four. Ontario stood in for, for you know, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Toronto stands in for Pittsburgh. So, eh. So, okay. Let me ask you this. What? Who was your favorite zombie from all the films? Um, I, I mean, you gotta say you gotta go with Big Daddy, right? Like Is he it? was pretty awesome. You like Bub? I, I would go probably go Bub. Yeah. Although, uh, I feel tip like the cap to the Hare Krishna zombie. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Who uh, <laughs> discovers them in Dawn of the Dead? I feel like a heel because I've actually seen the guy who plays Big Daddy a lot in the con circuit. He's always there. He um, he dresses up. He, he dresses puts up. On the makeup and everything. Yeah, I mean I've seen him both times, like walking through dressed up and looking at merchandise and you know buying stuff for himself and at the table. And I've never been like, oh, this is why you're famous. So now once the pandemic's over and things kind of go back to normal. I'm going to have to. going to talk to him. Talk to him or get his autograph or whatever. So next week starts August, which is uh, Josh's birth month, 
which means um, during our birth months, we each get to pick our topic. And so for mine in December, we take a break. And what do you do for August? Okay, so I originally I ran through, I was like, is this where we're going to do our time travel stuff? Because remember, we were originally going to do time travel oh, yes, for July. But then, right. And then life happens and George Floyd died and, and yeah. America tore itself apart. So I was like, let's do Romero. And then I thought, nah, I don't really want to do time. We'll save time travel. And then mm. I thought, oh, it's my birthday. We could do Phantasm. Yeah. And I was like, eh, there's five weeks. Eh, I don't really. So what I thought was, let's do five movies about ghosts. Okay. What are we starting with? So we're going to do five. Ghost. Good old fashioned ghost very stories. Very good ghost movies. That aren't the traditional ghost story. Okay. But all five of these movies, I'm going to tell you this now, listener. Listeners. Have very similar plot structure. Okay. But done very differently. So what is going to, what are we going to kick it off with? We're going to bookend it with two movies that make total sense and I think are perfect. But our first film is going to be Guillermo del Toro's The Mm -hmm. Devil's Backbone. Oh, I've been wanting to see that. And you love Guillermo del Toro. All right, then. So uh, next week, that's your assignment. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about 9-11 again. This movie was released, <laughs> Cindy. Josh. Like three or four days before 9-11. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs>